Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes in defense of Christianity written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 211 is entitled Recognizing the Hand of God, Part 5, Commandment with a Promise. Before listening to this podcast, we recommend, if you haven't already, that you download and listen to podcast 204, 205, 206, 207. 209 and 210. They will give you context to the message. However, each is independent of the other. Mortality is temporary. It is the only way that we can advance in free will, agency, liberty, and freedom. Birth is the only ingress into mortality. Death is the only egress out of mortality. One is greeted by tears of joy, the other by tears of sorrow. Both birth and death were designed by God in the great plan of redemption. It is the only way we can discover who we really are. All things are comprehended by contrast. Everything in this world has its opposite, or we would learn nothing. 9-11 happened because we live in a fallen world. Satan is real. Heroes stepped forward and gave their lives to save others. Because the Spirit of Christ is alive and still dwells in men's hearts, he too is real. We must know the good from the evil. In the resurrection, we will get our bodies back, and they will be perfectly formed. God counts the hairs of our head, and he restores everything in the resurrection. No teeth will be missing. No imperfections will exist. The difference between individuals, however, will not be in the perfection of the flesh, for all resurrected beings will be perfect. The difference will be in the glory of the body, as Paul said. Some will shine like the sun, some will shine like the moon, and some will shine like the stars, as one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. 1 Corinthians 15, 42-44 It takes faith and works to bring about the blessings of God, but it also takes faith to recognize the blessings of God. Together, let us analyze a commandment with a promise, as if it were a law. I intend to use it as a model in analyzing other commandments of God. Let us go to Malachi, the last prophet of the Old Testament. Will a man rob God, yet ye have robbed me? But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings, ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts if I will not open you the windows of heaven, 
and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Malachi 3, 8-12 through 12. Let's take the law apart, proposition by proposition. What is the law referred to above? It is the law of tithes and offerings. As with all laws with conditions, it has both a curse if we do not obey the law and a blessing if we do. Malachi points out to the Jews that the famine is caused because they did not observe the law of tithes and offerings. God is never arbitrary. Notice the connection between the law and the curse. Tithes and offerings go to building up the kingdom of God on earth and to helping the poor and the needy. Remember the parable of the sheep and the goats. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was an hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in, naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee, and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee, a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Matthew twenty-five thirty-four through 40 Can you see the connection? The children of Israel withheld their tithes and offerings because they had no compassion for those who were hungry. Thirsty, exiled, naked, sick, and imprisoned. Because they did not pay tithes and offerings, the Lord gave them a famine that they would know how the outcasts feel. It would give them empathy for those who were less fortunate. The Lord is never arbitrary. It was a serious thing for his chosen people to neglect the poor. The Savior continues the parable. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was an hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in, naked, and ye clothed me not, sick and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee an hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous unto life eternal. Matthew twenty-five, forty-one through 46 If one asks himself the question, is it better to be reminded of such a serious sin with a harsh famine? 
or to suffer in everlasting fire with the devil and his angels. Even the curse was a blessing because it provoked them to repent and look after the poor. That is the pattern with the Lord. What appears to be a curse is often the Lord's way of putting things into perspective. The Lord sees everything from an eternal point of view. One of the conditions of the law of mercy is to help the poor. The Savior said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. In this life, the purpose of punishment is to provoke people to repent, that they may have eternal life with the Savior in the next life. In the next life, however, the purpose of punishment is to satisfy the demands of the law of justice, because the chance for repentance is past. Before proceeding, let me point out that God does not hold people accountable for laws they do not have, speaking spiritually, not temporally. For example, temporal laws hold us accountable whether we know the law or not. Accidents, illness, and catastrophes claim the lives of many innocent people. In the final judgment, however, we will not have to account for spiritual laws that we did not know because of circumstances or did not comprehend because of age or infirmities of mind. That is one of the free gifts of the atonement of Christ. In Malachi's words above, a curse was placed upon the Jews because they violated the law the Lord had revealed to them. It is knowledge of good and evil that makes us accountable to God. Ye have robbed me by not paying your tithes and offerings. The whole nation has robbed me. Ye are cursed with a curse. The curse is apparently a famine caused by lack of rain. Now the Lord tells them through the prophet Malachi how to stop the curse. First, he states the commandment. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. God challenges the Jews to prove me now herewith. The word prove is an interesting term to use in relationship to spiritual laws. It allows spiritual laws to be validated by the scientific method. The proof is in obedience to the law. God then lists the blessings they will receive if they pay their tithes and offerings. If they obey the conditions and they do not receive the blessings, then God is a liar. God promises seven blessings. 1. There may be meat in mine house. 2. I will open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. 3. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. 4. He shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. 5. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field. 6. All nations shall call you blessed. 7. Ye shall be a delightsome land. Now, here's the problem with recognizing the hand of the Lord. Hard science uses two tools. One, they falsify evidence, proving the conclusions to be false. Two, they verify evidence, proving the conclusions to be true. You can falsify the evidence above by obeying the law and not receiving the blessings. In spiritual laws, however, verification always leaves room for doubt. For example, you can obey the law and you can have all seven promises fulfilled. Whereas probability is on your side, verifiability never quite satisfies strict scientific standards. You run into the problem of necessary and sufficient. Yes, you can argue that you paid your tithes and offerings, and yes, you can prove that you received all seven blessings, but you cannot prove that the payment of tithes and offerings were the necessary cause. It is only an act of faith in God and in his prophets. 
scientists who understand the natural phenomenon of rain can say, it was just a coincidence. He could argue that rain is caused by certain natural conditions. Those natural conditions just happen to coincide with your payment of tithes and offerings. Therefore, the payment of tithes and offerings were not necessarily the cause of the rain. They would argue that the rain is a natural phenomenon. If you do not recognize God as also the God of nature, then you are bound to rely strictly upon the scientific explanation. That is why faith in God is the first requirement for believing in the hand of God manifested in nature. Everyone knows that when the storm clouds gather and turn black, that it is going to rain. Modern science has written volumes on the cause of rain. The cry of coincidence can always camouflage the hand of God. A skeptic could say, it didn't rain because the people paid tithing. It rained because clouds formed, and the conditions for rain came together through natural law. It all happened by chance, by luck, by coincidence, by serendipity of circumstances. All miracles, even the creation of man and earth, can be dismissed by science as coincidence or accident. It takes faith to perform a miracle, and it takes faith to recognize a miracle. It will always be so, because faith is more important than the miracle. Think for a moment. All miracles are brought about by faith. However, because all miracles can be explained away by natural means, miracles do not necessarily bring about faith. When science turned against God and made its mission to discredit miracles by attributing miracles to natural law, they gained the world but lost their soul. Miracles and natural law are not mutually exclusive. No miracle can violate law, whether temporal or spiritual. A miracle is not a miracle because it violates natural law or because no natural law can explain it. A miracle is a miracle because it was brought about by the power of God through the faith of mankind, regardless of which laws are involved. All miracles are governed by laws, whether known or unknown. In our world, most miracles have natural explanations, but God is the God of the natural world and the God of the supernatural world. One can only discern a miracle by faith, regardless of the laws that brought it about. Only those who look for the hand of God will discern the hand of God. Those who look for chance will find chance everywhere. If we spend as much time understanding faith as we do understanding science, the balance would be reintroduced into our lives and miracles would follow greater miracles. In the next podcast, we shall conclude the discussion on Malachi. But in other podcasts, we shall continue the series on recognizing the hand of God. Please remain with us and share the podcast with your family, friends, and neighbors. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.